Oh, my God. 
45 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday, Erev Rosh Chodesh. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program.
Israel Oraha
No, you don't have to be Bresla to be Besimcha. But you gotta be Besimcha to be Bresla. No, you don't have to be Bresla to be Besimcha. But you gotta be Besimcha to be a Yid. Now you don't have to be Chabad to want Mashiach Oh no you don't, no you don't, no you don't But you gotta want Mashiach to be a year Now you don't have to be a Tzioyim to love Eretz Yisrael But you gotta love Eretz Yisrael to be a year Oh no you don't have to be a Litvak to learn the Torah J.M. in the A.M. from Joey Newcomb, a song entitled To Be a Yid. You heard Benny Friedman in there with Yehudi Zahachi and with a a shortened version, sorry about that, of uh, Kulanu Nelech. Uh, you had Jerusalem Stone by Eighth Day. That came by request on our app. We'll get to that in a second. Irshel Zahav was Avi Peretz, who I believe I'll be seeing tonight at some point at the wedding where I'll be. And a Regesh, Modani opening things up. 
and we say good morning. It's Wednesday, and it's November the 27th, day 29 in the month of Mar Cheshvan, the year 5780, Tufshin Pei. Uh, it's Yom Kippur Katan. It's Erev Rosh Chodesh. Welcome to Jam in the AM with 49 degrees in New York. Afternoon showers and a high of 59. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 46. And tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high 51. I think it's supposed to be windy tomorrow, Thanksgiving Day here in New York. We're here tomorrow, by the way. It's Thanksgiving in America. We've got a global audience. We're here. We're here between 6 and 9 a.m. Join us. Join us for JM in the AM. Jerusalem right now at 63. We're at 49 here in New York City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. In fact, one of our listeners, JM from Teaneck, who emphasizes that they are from Teaneck and not Passaic, says, good morning, Nahum. Could you please play Eighth Day's Jerusalem Stone? And that is uh, why Eighth Day's Jerusalem Stone got into our opening set here at the JM and the AM. That's how it works. Imagine the listeners have tremendous control over what goes on uh, here uh, during a JM and the AM broadcast. Pretty cool, huh? I would say so. I want to thank those who are responding to our uh, end-of-year fundraiser on the, um, on the computer yesterday at fjbunity.org. A donation came in from a gentleman, Ellie Ehrman, in honor of all the great work Nachum and his team does on a daily basis on behalf of the Jewish people. And that is uh, the person we know as listener Shlaimi E. So Shlaimi, thank you very much for that. Much appreciated, to say the least. Uh, also got a generous donation yesterday from um, Oak Park, Michigan, where David Weintraub is a regular listener of ours, and we thank him for that. A donation was made in honor of grandson Yaakov Weintraub's recent bar mitzvah in Ramat Beit Shemesh. That comes from David and Sarah in Oak Park, Michigan. Thank you, thank you. You can go to fjbunity.org. You can... Uh, uh, dedicate all or part of a JM and AM broadcast to whomever you wish, in memory of somebody, in honor of somebody, etc. Go to fjbunity.org. And uh, certainly any donations are uh, welcome. We'll be doing our Giving Tuesday this coming Tuesday at Got to Get a Bagel. If you're anywhere near Long Island, if you're anywhere near the five towns this coming Tuesday, you are invited to come by and see six hours straight of great Jewish radio. That's what it's going to be. It's gonna, you know, we're calling it JM and the AM Plus. It's basically going to be an extended JM and the AM. That's basically what's going to happen. You're going to hear a six-hour JM and the AM on Tuesday morning on our Giving Tuesday. And to keep in mind uh, fjbunity.org. Uh, keep in mind uh, that we'd love for you to share that address with people on your social media and help support us going forward. And to hopefully make it a very successful day as we continue to provide as... Amazing a job at programming as we know how to do. Yeah, we just, uh, we really, really, when we say we do our best, we do our best. We try to put together the absolute best when it comes to um, a great Jewish programming every single morning. So, and and every single day, all day long. So uh, join us on Giving Tuesday. Again, if you are anywhere near the... um, the five towns will be at Gotta Get a Bagel. We'll be at Gotta Get a Bagel. We'll be there starting at 6 a.m. Eastern Time on Broadway in Woodmere this coming Tuesday. Make sure to join us. JM in the AM. It may be a short week, but we're here. We're here today. We're here tomorrow. We're here Friday. We're going to get final word today 
about whether Malcolm will be available for a segment, weekly update on Friday or not. So we'll certainly let you know about that. And um, a full day today on a Wednesday, as you would suspect, including Bite Size with Yoni Pollock, which is coming up at... Um, which is coming up at 9 o'clock this morning. Joanna Shepson of Fun in Jerusalem is going to interview Oren Hasson, CEO of the Lone Soldier Center, named after Michael Levin. That's going to be happening in the 9 o'clock hour, so make sure to be tuned in for that. Here at JM and the AM, we have a um, a, a great, we have wonderful guests coming up. Rabbi Mendel Duboff, Chabad of Sparta, New Jersey's uh, author of a brand new book. We'll speak with him. In the 8 o'clock hour, Cantor Benny is going to be here. Cantor Benny Rogoznitsky, he'll preview with us the Parky Synagogue concert coming up on the 2nd of, um, on the 2nd of December. No, it must be the 7th, right? The 7th of December. So we'll talk about that coming up here at JM in the AM. All right. Uh, Dovi Shapiro is next at JM in the AM.
Lots of space. 
J.M. and the A.M. wrapping up the hour with Yehuda. Nice selection, huh? Sur Yisrael is the name of that one here at J.M. and the A.M. Ellie Marcus before that with Mazel Tov. Maishi Menlowitz and company with Pathways off the Nostalgia album. Kharashah, that was done by Benny Friedman, and you heard Dovi Shapiro open up the set with Zeh Al Zeh, a brand new, or recent, I should say, here at J.M. and the A.M. It's Wednesday on this era of Rosh Chodesh. Some would say era of Thanksgiving, <laughs> since Thanksgiving is tomorrow as well. <laughs> it's pretty funny. 49 degrees, afternoon showers, a high of 59. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget our uh, Giving Tuesday is coming up. Encouraging everybody to go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and support our broadcast during this 2019, the end of our 2019 fundraiser. And I uh, thank you for that. Uh, our friends at Art Scroll remind you that Kids Cooking with Chef Shiri is now available. It's a great book, wonderful Hanukkah gift. Kids Cooking with Chef Shiri is now available. If you go to artscroll.com and use the promo code radio, you get 15% off and free shipping. 15% off and free shipping if you use the promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com. Today's recommendation, Kids Cooking with Chef Shiri. Roy Mendel Duboff will join us in the 7 o'clock hour. Cantor Benny is going to join us coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll talk about the 15th annual Benefit Concert for Parky Synagogue. Very much looking forward to that conversation. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. We are here. Friday, Thanksgiving weekend. We are here. Make sure to be tuned in all through the morning and actually all through the day, I should say, because uh, we are planning on uh, we are planning on um, having amazing programming. I mean, we've adjusted our schedule tomorrow. We've adjusted our schedule tomorrow so that you will hear the Erev Shabbos show starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time. A brand new Erev Shabbos show with uh, Mark Zamek brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. Uh, so if you're sitting down at any point to Thanksgiving dinner with family and friends, you are going to have a fresh, brand new, with incredible music, Erev Shabbos show. Hosted by Mark Zamek and brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That, of course, is repeated twice on Friday morning. And... Um, and uh, I think Throwback Thursday will start at 12 noon tomorrow, right in the middle of our Thanksgiving music mix. So make sure to be tuned in all day. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to Jamie. <laughs> החליטה אם לתמוך בהצעה רק לאחר שהשמע את שר הביטחון והרמטכ"ל. האינטואיציה שלי הייתה שאנחנו לא צריכים להחזיק גופות כדי ללחוץ או לסחור בהן, אבל שוב, אני אשמע את נפתלי בנט, אני בטוח שהוא בחן את העניין, אני אשמע את הרמטכ"ל. אם יסתבר שאי החזרת גופות תתרום משהו להפחתת הטרור ואיומי הטרור, אז זה בהחלט נימוק כבד משקל. דוח תלונות הציבור של הרשות השנייה מגלה כ-90% מהתלונות שהוגשו נגד עיתונאים בגין אמירות פוגעניות ומסיתות התגלו כמוצדקות. כתבנו אליאב בתיתו מוסיף שבמקביל, מתוך עשרת אלפים התלונות, אלפיים תלונות כללו אמירות מסיתות נגד העיתונאים. דוד רגב, נציב פניות הציבור ברשות השנייה, אמר ביומן הצהריים, קיים חשש שההסתה תגלוש לרחוב. אני חושש מהיום שבו האלימות המילולית הזאת תצא מבין דפי התלונות ותהפוך לאלימות פיזית. אני התרעתי ואני שב ומתריע 
שאנחנו קרובים למצב שבו אותה אלימות תתורגם לאלימות פיזית כנגד אותם עיתונאים, וזה דבר מאוד מאוד מסוכן. כתבתנו עדה שטייף מוסרת שחשוד התקשר למוקד מאה של המשטרה ואמר אם יגאל עמיר הגיע לרבין, אני אגיע לשוטר שהרג את האתיופי ואהרוג אותו. היום יוגש נגדו כתב אישום בהליך מזורז והמשטרה תבקש לעצור אותו עד תום ההליכים. יושב ראש מועצת יש"ע דוד אלחייני מאיים להשבית את הלימודים ביהודה ושומרון במחאה על היעדר תקציבים להסעות תלמידים. מדווח כתבנו לענייני חינוך דורון קדוש. במכתב ששלח לשר החינוך רפי פרץ כתב אלחייני כי משרד החינוך לא העביר תקציבים עבור הסעות תלמידים למוסדות החינוך בחודש שעבר וגם לא יעביר את התקציב החודש. אם לא יימצא פתרון עד תחילת השבוע הבא כתב יושבתו הלימודים בכל הרשויות ביהודה שומרון ובקעת הירדן. במשרד החינוך מסרו כי התקציבים צפויים להיות מאושרים בישיבה הקרובה של ועדת הכספים. בית המשפט קבע כי על המשטרה לשלם אלף שקל למדינה בעקבות מעצר מיותר של חשוד. כתבת תחום המשטרה ליה ספילקין הביאה את הפרטים לראשונה. המשטרה עצרה למשך לילה חשוד בניהול עסק הימורים ללא רישיון, ובדיון בעניינו ביקשו השוטרים לשחררו בתנאי הרחקה. השופטת הטילה על המשטרה לשלם את ההוצאות של הדיון אלף שקלים, בטענה שהמעצר היה לחלוטין מיותר ויכלו לשחרר את החשוד בתחנה. ומהמשטרה נמסר הוגש ערר על החלטת בית המשפט, בית משפט השלום, שידון בהמשך השבוע. מזג האוויר ירידה ניכרת בטמפרטורות, ייתכן גשם מקומי בעיקר בצפון הארץ. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. מטבחי סמל המציגים דלתות דקות וחזקות בטכנולוגיה פיזיקית. Right. 
J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning on this uh, Erev Rosh Chodesh. It'll be a two-day Rosh Chodesh coming up starting tomorrow. Uh, it's also uh, the day before Thanksgiving, but we are here at J.M. in the A.M. tomorrow and Friday, uh, all through Thanksgiving here at J.M. in the A.M. Chef Barret, thank you for the message. Got a nice message from Chef Barret. He saw some nice people at the big uh, wedding celebration last night that took place at the Old Westbury Hebrew Congregation. And uh, sent me a nice message. I thank him. Um, let's see. You heard him on Neely Mealy. That was uh, music from uh, Shlomi Gertner. Sandy Shmueli had Hinei Yamim Tovim. Lo Yanum done by Schlockrock. Hinei Anochi with Shlomo Katz. And Isaac B. Tone with Here Comes a Time off of the Generation Redemption. Do you remember that album? Uh, there he is for us at the JM in the AM. All right. Wednesday morning broadcast with a reminder from our friends at Art Scroll that the kids cooking with Chef Shiri is now available. It is frankly a great kids gift for um, for Hanukkah. Uh, again, kids cooking with Chef Shiri is now available. Go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio, get 15% off and free shipping in the United States. Again, go to artscroll.com. Uh, promo code radio, get uh, 15% off and free shipping in the U.S. It's kids cooking with Chef Shiri that you're looking for. That's brand new uh, from Art Scroll. And, um, and uh, that's a reminder from all of us here at JM in the AM. Uh, also keep in mind that Tuesday is Giving Tuesday. Tuesday, this coming Tuesday is Giving Tuesday. We're going to be doing our Giving Tuesday six-hour marathon from Gotta Get a Bagel out in Woodmere. If you're anywhere near to five towns, stop by for what essentially is going to be a six-hour JM in the AM on this coming Tuesday, Giving Tuesday. And I hope everybody follows the example of so many of our listeners and participates in our 2019 campaign. You can go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, in order to be a part of it, fjbunity.org. And I want to thank uh, Ellie Ehrman and listener Schleimi E., who donated in honor of all our great work, that we do on a daily basis on behalf of the Jewish people. Thank you for that. 
And I also want to thank all the way in uh, Oak Park, Michigan, listener David, who uh, donated in honor of grandson Yaakov Wayne Traub's recent, recent bar mitzvah in Ramat Beit Shemesh. That comes from David and Sarah in Oak Park, Michigan. FJBUnity.org to be counted among those who are supporters of JM and the AM and the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Arav Zevrener Bilsevalevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar Bilsevalevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in the Pasuk the beautiful bracha that was given over to Yaakov Avinu. May Hashem give to you from the dew of the heavens from the greatness of the earth an abundant grain and wine and crops. Rashi HaKadosh cites the Medrash which says that Hashem should give and then give again. The Zerashim asked the question Hashem certainly can give all the brachas at one time. What is the bracha that Hashem should give and then return and give another time? If it would just say yitain, it would apply that all the brachas are given at one time. However, if Klau Yisrael would do Averis, if they would sin, it would demonstrate that they deny the great chesed that Hashem does for us at every moment. Then, they could completely lose the brachas that they have and wouldn't ever get them again. Just like Esav lost the brachas for eternity because he despised the Bechayra. Even if a person would do tshuva, the brachas could still be lost. We know that every day we say the bracha of Borech bless us, bless this year. Rabbi Avigdor Miller asked the question, how could it be that we ask this every day when on Rosh Hashanah, we ask for the entire year, and we know that Hashem is Gozer, all the good things that will happen on Rosh Hashanah. All a person's livelihood is decided on Rosh Hashanah. Rav Miller says that is true. However, every day a person has to be deservant of those brachos. There's the reason why we say every day is to ask Hashem that we should be deservant of continuing to receive the daily brachos. The Zerashimshan says, that's why it says Vayitain with Avav. It's to give us great encouragement that it will be given and given again, even if Klau Yisrael does Averus, even if we sin, even if Chas Shalom we go off. Still, Hashem Yisparach will accept us in tshuva, will take our repentance, and then, Yachzor v'yitein lano esabrachos. Hashem will once again return to us all of the blessings. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
world keeps telling us how you and I are really so alike. It's not about the language or geography, no connection to color, shape, or size. It's rooted deep in our history. It's a spark that we carry inside. If we join as one today, we can build a better tomorrow. You and I have always shared one heart. We were never meant to be apart. My fellow Jew, we can make it happen. You and I have always shared one song. Choose from every corner. J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning. Yum Kipper cut on it. Erev Rosh Chodesh. Erev Thanksgiving as well. How do you like that? We're here tomorrow. We're here Friday. Make sure to be tuned in.
Wednesday morning with 49 degrees, afternoon showers here in the New York area with a high of 59. Well, uh, sometimes you come across somebody who writes about a topic that that you feel is um, really critical to discuss, and you wonder if there'll be any uh, any you know hardcore conclusions at the end of the uh, at the end of the book at the end of the, uh, the 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 time that people you know pay attention to this topic. What do I mean? I mean that uh, Rabbi Mendel Dubov is with us live via telephone, Chabad in Sparta, New Jersey, and he has a brand new book entitled "Shall We Have Another." Boy, talk about family programming. Shall we? This is real family programming. Shall we have another, a Jewish approach to family planning? Rabbi Mendel Dubov, welcome to JM in the AM. It's an honor and a pleasure. I appreciate that. How are things in Sparta? I used to drive through Route 15 on my way up to camp many, many years ago. Is that the area that you're in? Absolutely, that is the area. We have a Chabad house here, and we're trucking away. We're serving all the Jews. I've just come back from the International Conference of Chabad Shluchim. We're on a high, and we're ready for a fantastic year ahead. I I can't believe there's a regular minion there. Is, in fact, there a regular minion? Yes, we have services every Shabbos. As of very recently, we have solidified the minion. We get a minion. It's, it's the miracle of miracles. And you don't have to call in the deer or any of the uh, or, or any of the wildlife to 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 help out. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Just Jews. Yeah, we keep it. We keep it regulated to Jews here. And I say that only because you're living in such a sprawling area. You're living in a people who who never saw the Sparta area can't even imagine. Just how you can't even say suburban. Just how how sprawling it is, as you know, and, and it looks like you know farmland, frankly. And that's why I'm saying to myself, how could there be a minion? It would take it would take so long for people just to walk to wherever the local school is. But I guess I guess there is. Uh, I I have to come and visit you to see the layout and to understand just how it works. From for people from New Jersey, yes, there are Jews in Sparta. Unbelievable. There are Jews everywhere, and Sparta is not the place that you might have thought would be a Shabbos minion and a Hebrew school and everything going on for the Yom Tovim, but there it is. It's We're here, and we're, we're proud. There's a Hebrew school as well. How long have you been there? How many years? We've been here eight years. We took over from a previous rabbi. Chabad has been here for 18 years. Unbelievable. The book is called Shall We Have Another, A Jewish Approach to Family Planning. Why, Rabbi Mendel Dubov, did you write the book? I think I'll answer in a typical Jewish way, why wasn't there a book till now? Right. Um, This is the the issue, the capital T, that defines the lives of families, and every family and Jewish family is no different. And we know that Jewish tradition encourages us to continue having children if we are so able. And this is huge. This is massive. And I just think that the time has come because of the entire uh, movement and the way the world has been going that a serious conversation about these ideas is very necessary. I think you'd agree, and I think we could say this across the board, um, probably of any Jewish couple that you and I know, and I mean literally, you know, across the entire religious spectrum, um, everybody wants children. I, I think that's a, a safe assumption that any married couple out there wants to be a parent, and that's probably not your issue. It sounds more like your issue is once a family has one, two, maybe three children, it seems that 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 we tend 
uh, as a general, uh, you know, uh, um, as a general statement, obviously there are plenty of people out, out there that don't agree with this in terms of their own personal lives. As a general statement, we as a Jewish society drift into the American mindset and essentially, you know, start thinking very seriously about not having a larger family than that. Would be that be a good way of putting it? I'll tell you this. At the end of the book, I have an appendix there which is directed at the non-Jewish community. Uh, the Torah has a system, as we know, for the Jewish community, primarily for the Jewish people, but then, very importantly, for society at large. Um, the assumption that everybody wants children today is becoming uh, you know, less and less true. Um, we know that there are many who choose not to have children. Even in our community. No, I'm talking about the non-Jewish community. Oh, general community. Okay, general, ahead. general community. And really, really, and this is the um, sort of the axis of the book, the question of continuing to have children must, first, must come after a satisfactory answer of why have children. You see, we, we, ha- we want to have children, and therefore we generally don't question that. We don't, ha- we don't have that question of, why have children? It's a natural thing to us that we want to. But after the subjective need for children has already been met, the question becomes not a subjective one from the parents. You know, do we want another child? Our want for, another, for children has been met at, you know, whichever stage it is. Right. The question then becomes, does this child need to come? Does this child need to be born? That is the question, and that's a big question, and that touches on the fundamentals of of the meaning of life, of the meaning of an additional life, of the meaning of another Jewish life. All right, I want to get to the actual specific chapters, some of which are right along the lines you just said, but but now now that you've said what you've said, I have to say that with that attitude, with that type of mindset that you just described— no couple would ever stop having children until physically unable. Would that be? Would, would you agree with that? Well, one one has to cautiously and properly navigate one's path. And generally speaking, we have one child at a time. You know, yes, there are. Sometimes they come in batches, but on the you know on a, on a general level, we don't have all the children at once. This is a, a thought process that a couple should have when they are, you know, able and ready to have another child. Right, I understand, but if you're saying that generally there's an obligation or a spirit to our tradition that the, that the, you know, that the next soul needs to be born, then, then essentially, again, with exception, I understand, but essentially you'd be saying to any couple, you know, it, it, you must start, start thinking of the next child. You must start thinking about having the next child. There would be no such thing, again, until, until physically unable, there'd be no such thing as stopping to have children. Would you agree with that? In the book, I compare this to several other areas in Jewish life, which may make it easier to understand. Go ahead. So the study of Torah. study of Torah is something that the Torah itself uh, puts as something which is essentially unlimited. You know, Vishinantam Lavanecha, you should learn Torah whenever and wherever possible. When you walk on the road, when you lay down, when you get up, there is a Loyomush Sefer Torah Zemi Picha Hashem says to Joshua that you should, the, the Torah should never cease from your mouth. There is a mitzvah of studying Torah at every moment. Now, 
the thing is, is that a, a Jew has other obligations as well. By the, uh, the you know, by the code of Torah itself, that that says that we need to do other things. We need to make a living. We need to educate our children. We need to be uh, properly healthy. We need to eat and sleep and do everything else that it takes to be a properly functioning person. But yet, the mitzvah of studying Torah remains to be, by the ethos of Torah itself, unlimited. And so, what do we make of that? What we make of that, what, what, the, what the result of that is as follows. The, the Torah, the, we, we all have set times to learn Torah. And in the book, I have an interesting idea, because there are times when the Chachomim, when our sages loud and extol the idea of having set times to study Torah. It's something that we're told that when we come up to heaven after 120, one of the first questions we're asked is, Kovato itim la Torah, have you set times to learn Torah? But then there are other places in the Talmud where our sages um, ridicule this idea, they, oh. they talk down on it. They right. say if a person fixes times to learn Torah, they are desecrating Torah. That, that's a, a, huge, a, strongly, a huge, strong term. And what they're essentially saying is, is that, yes, we're able, we need to set times to learn Torah. But this is actually a set time to do something which, which, whose idea is essentially unlimited. And the same thing is here. The concept, the encouragement of having children, yes, does not have an official limitation. The Torah encourages us to have children. Then, however, there are other considerations which, by the ethos of Torah itself, are considerations which we need to take in fabric into the, into the equation, which may mean that we should not, at least at this time, or maybe not at all, continue having children. So by Mendel, but, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but we, can, we cannot say yeah. that the idea itself is, is limited. Right, okay, right. Rabbi Mendel Duboff's with us. The book is called Shall We Have Another? Um, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I'm not quite sure to what degree I, I think the two are comparable, but I hear where you're coming from. But it, what's interesting to me is that with everything you just said, which would indicate that at some point one must evaluate, or in this case, two must evaluate, uh, you, know, you know, the next step regarding, you know, ex- expanding their family, you don't even get to the real issues the practical matters until you've addressed in the first seven chapters of your book the ultimate issue, you know, the plan for man, which I'm sure, again, you know, I, I don't remember every detail when I read the book, but I, I'm sure that includes, you know, plenty about what you just described about the unlimited you know, notion of, of children and family, um, uh, destiny, um, you know, caring for a child and, the, and what it, how it enhances one's life. When they have children, obviously the siblings' lives, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and of course the greatest joy. You are talking about the subtitles of your chapter on the greatest joy is future investment, Jewish strength and continuity, siblings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So all these things you lay out before you start on any of the practical matters, all the you know spiritual and in some ways practical ways that um, having children enhances one's life, and how having children is you know such an important thing in our tradition. I would guess you did that purposely to spend the first almost 100 pages doing that, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I, you know, very often, and as, a, and as a rabbi, you know, you come across this quite a bit. Um, you know, people, you, you come to somebody, and if they open up to you and, and about their own lives, and they say, well, 
I don't think we can afford having another child. I, I've, I've had enough. I, I'm done. I, I can't, you know, it's, it's too much, etc. Well, the, the human being is built in a way that we are able to do the extraordinary if we are inspired to do so. The, fir- the, first, and, the first and foremost question is, how important is it? And if it's that important, then we, we, get, we find in ourselves the, the ability, the place, even the money, the, just the, the, uh, the, the stamina, whatever it takes. That all is built upon the very first question of what is it all about anyway? You know, when, when, when some people tell you as a rabbi, when they sit with you in your office and tell you that they feel ill-equipped to be able to parent <clears throat> another child, you know that sometimes there's legitimacy to that. Absolutely. And that's what I get to in the last two chapters of the book, is where the Torah itself places the limitations on this, and for various considerations. It's not a one-size-fits-all at all, which is interesting, which may be the reason why after having a, a minimum of children, the Torah doesn't put it as an absolute obligation, right. obviously, because every family is entirely different. Um, so yes, of course, there are there are limitations on this, and every family should consciously, not right. passively. By, but, do, by the way, you, know, you, you just stumbled on the argument against your earlier point, you know, because if, if in fact the Torah and our tradition uh, indicate to us that, that one is Yotze, the mitzvah of having children at a certain point, then that would be a big difference between that and the comparison to Torah study. Yes, of course. So the idea is is that the, the it's a mitzvah derabonon. It's a, a rabbinical mitzvah after one has fulfilled the uh, Torah mitzvah, the mandated by Torah itself to have a certain amount of children, a boy and a girl, and they should have a boy and a girl, then it is a mitzvah midrabonon, a, a rabbinical mitzvah. What I get to, and what is very important in the, in the first chapters of the book, is that when we speak about a certain obligation and a framed mitzvah in certain legal terms, we can in no way assess the gravity and the importance of that mitzvah just from assessing its legal terms. All right, I, I got to get to uh, a couple of things. First of all, uh, I mean, the purpose of the book, obviously, is to encourage people to have more children. You're obviously a, a big believer, rightfully so, that you know people should have another, so to speak. But you have to deal, obviously, with the biggest, um, with the biggest issue, what, what people laughingly call, you know, um, uh, uh, the best birth control, and that, of course, is tuition costs and, and I would say finances in general and studies that came out this week that said in order to be happy, uh, meaning financially happy in New York, you need to make a quarter of a million dollars and stuff like that. And I can imagine that when that study was done, nobody in that study had five kids, I bet you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. so, so how do you deal when you are trying for 100 pages to convince people how incredibly beautiful wonderful and important it is to expand their families and you're speaking to someone who's a father of six so it's not like i am you know it's not like i've ever demonstrated anything that would be against what you're preaching um how do you deal with the issue of finances the issue the issue of finances i'll be flatly honest was the toughest chapter for me to write yeah i i know it and feel it every day as 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 most the vast majority of committed jews in the tri-state area do um let me. The, the, it, it's a large chapter. It has many, many parts in it. Deals with the finances in general, tuition costs in particular. Uh, but let, let me let me say this. I think first of all to reiterate 
the uh, first part, the, the, what, I, what I was saying before, is that it's, it's a question of what's going on in us. You know, how, how, how hard do we work for something? Well, the question is how important that something is. And so when, 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 we, have it, when, we, when we have a clear picture of, you know, how important what it is, uh, what we're doing is, then we get straight into it. We, 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 we literally um, get, we work harder, and, uh, the, you know, those who do know exactly what I'm talking right. about. Right. Yeah, I know what you mean. So that, that, that is the first thing. Right. Um, the, other, the other aspect is, is that, you know, there are certain life choices which are made by us, um, which won't necessarily fabric in the continuity of, of having a family, of having a large family. You know, sometimes uh, people choose where to live in this world, and there are vast differences of how the uh, local government will, uh, will support, will, will subsidize Jewish education. And, uh, you know, again, anybody who's, who's uh, checked a little bit into this field knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so... That there are so number two point number two is that life's choices should take this into account. We shouldn't, especially for young couples, we shouldn't be oblivious. You know, well, I think this would be nice and this would be nice. Let, let's let's think about this. Let's think about this issue when we make our when we make our choices. As far as tuition goes, I make the a very important point in the book that to that the education of every Jewish child. Uh, used to be only boys. We know now in the last uh, century plus uh, we have been able to educate all girls as well in a proper elementary and higher Jewish education, something which is unprecedented. And the point is, is that for, forever, since the days of Yeshua ben Gamla, the original instit institution of, uh, so to say, public Jewish schooling, it has never, ever been a private endeavor never been something that was mandated by anybody, socially or from the Torah, that a Jewish family should, should, is expected to have the means of educating all their children in a Torah education by themselves. It was always seen as a collective obligation, an obligation of the community. And the, the result of that is, 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 is it's so important. And it is, is that a family should never feel inferior or bad or whatever it is if they must request a scholarship, if they are not able to fully cover the means of educating their children. And, that, and it's something which lies upon the community, whether members of the community who are yet to have children or have already had their children and sort of, you know, done with that. It's, it, it, there were places and times in Jewish history where a tax literally was put on the community to support collectively Jewish education. So that is, that is where we are with this. It's something that we, that we all need to pitch in, and an institution, a, a Torah educational institution, should have that at the, at the forefront of their consciousness. I wonder, that, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that the the that the uh, the endeavor is a collective one, and you know today the the, the, the we have the uh, you know it used to be the kihila the the community you know sort of ran ran things and was at the forefront today in most places in the, in the world it's the institutions themselves that have the responsibility. Whoever's in the driver's seat though should have this at the forefront of their consciousness. It's something we all need to do together, and. 
I think they, they actually know that well, all too well, but it's the members of our communities that we should, uh, that need to have this, uh, again, at the, you know, this is of the top things that we need to think about, that we are all in this together. Having another Jewish child is something which is a, 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 a strengthens the Jewish people, and we should all be there to enable it. Well, uh, I would say that, um, that even if some of the things you just suggested were implemented, I think people would still use uh, finances and tuitions as an excuse, again, sometimes a legitimate excuse, um, when it comes to growing their family. I, and I wonder if you, deep down, feel that, that finances really is just an excuse. Because if people would prioritize differently, if we would, uh, you know, we as a community would deal differently with what we want and what we want to get from life, um, you know, and, and, we would, and we would prioritize and make, you know, having children in Jewish education our priority, then our spending habits would be a lot different than they are. Um, you know, I mean, whether it come, whether it's spending money on vacations or extravagant comforts, etc. Uh, I'm sure when you see that happen, you are saying to yourself, to yourself, wow, that could have paid for a year of tuition for that person's child, right? Absolutely, yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it may, it may just be a, you know, I wonder. With that in mind, Rabbi Duboff, with all due respect, I wonder if it would have been better if you would have just written the first seven chapters. <laughs> like it, it, I don't think I don't think I don't know if anybody would have looked at my book and say, "How dare you miss <laughs> out the primary issue?" I don't know if, if, <laughs> if, if preaching about finances and how to deal with them, or dealing with the issue of strain and anxiety, which is of course you know other concerns that people have when it comes to raising children. I don't know if if, if any of the way that you approach it as well as you did, I don't know if that's going to change anyone's mind. But the first. 80 to 100 pages might change someone's mind in that they are, uh, you know, they are, they are, you know, deeply um, committed to our people and, and to themselves and to their family and, you know, may have been turned by the inspiring part of your pitch. Did you think about that? Yes, I, I, I did, to be honest. And the, what, what, I, what I say is, is that, you know, very often when we are inspired, we, and then down the road, the inspiration dissipates, and we're left with the inability of, of the nuts and bolts, of the details, of the implementation strategy of our initial inspiration. And that's, and, and that's why we can't, we can't just turn a blind eye and say, well, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Right. Yes, that's true, but with what? How? In, in which way? How, how am I to think of this? Does the Torah have a, a way for me to process this? If I'm able to, 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 to process this properly and to think about it in the right way, then I am on the, uh, more than on the right track of being able to, to do it as it should. But, you know, I had people who asked me, told, you know, told me the opposite, who said, well, well, listen, you know, the, all the nice bit and the inspiration and, and all the rest of it, okay, get down to the, get down to the main issues. How right. do we do it? Right. <clears throat> you know, so I said, no, no, that, that, that's not what it's about. <laughs> the book is about, really, the first part of the book. Once, once we've meditated and absorbed all the, all the information that is in the first part and we're, we're ready to go, then we just need to know, you know, how to do it and and in which what are the tools which mentally and emotionally i could i have to be able to navigate this uh, this path understood well it's an interesting book it's available everywhere i assume certainly amazon and those types of places 
Yes, it's an available in all uh, Jewish bookstores. It's uh, being distributed by Feldheim and uh, on the Internet on Amazon.com and Feldheim. The book is called Shall We Have Another? A Jewish Approach to Family Planning. Rabbi Mendel Duboff, who is the Chabad rabbi in Sparta, New Jersey, is the author. And um, uh, like I said, I, I, I enjoyed reading the book. I highly recommend it, and you certainly... Uh, make a lot of very inspiring points. And as you indicated, you deal with a lot of practical issues that people are anxious to hear a rabbi uh, deal with in a forum uh, like a, a brand new book. So Rabbi Duvoff, I say congratulations to you on, on that and uh, Mazal Tov to you on releasing the book. Thank you so much. As I say in the book, it's the, I don't want this to be, the, uh, to be considered the end of the conversation. I want it right. to be considered the beginning. Read the book, take it in, and let this be the first stage in a, in a thought process which, which, whose time has come. Uh, how, well, how much is a house in Sparta? Much cheaper than in New York. Seriously? <laughs> Why do I think that Sparta is an expensive place? It's not? Well, relatively speaking, yeah, it, it, it is. Well, if you go out to the uh, far end of Pennsylvania, you'll get cheaper. But we, 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 we're not bad over here. We could, uh, we, you know, it's, it, it's pretty good. Taxes are not the greatest, but uh, the price on houses is, is pretty good. And how far of a drive from you to Morristown? We are 40 minutes from Morristown, and it, my kids are just now in the process of getting out of the house to get to school. It is that and far, we, wow. we are very grateful for the institution in Morristown, for the cheder, for the yeshiva, for providing the invaluable service that they do. Are there other Chabads between you and Morristown? Several. We have many Chabad houses here in the northwest of New Jersey, and uh, we passed a few of them on our way. Unbelievable, I'll tell you. I'm so proud of my friends in the Garden State. <laughs> proud to be <laughs> proud to be a Jersey guy with what you're doing and all your amazing work. Rabbi Duboff, thank you. Hope to visit you one day. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Rabbi Mendel Duboff is the um, rabbi at uh, Chabad in Sparta, New Jersey. He's the author of Shall We Have Another? It's available on Amazon and basically everywhere, including the Judaica stores. Shall We Have Another? A Jewish Approach to Family Planning. Mendel Duboff, D-U-B-O-V. Check it out today. Erev Rosh Chodesh, Erev Thanksgiving, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Round the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. i 
JM in the AM. Wednesday morning. Well, that was the uh, the great Cantor Yitzchak Mayer Helfgott, who is part of the 15th annual benefit concert of a Park East Synagogue, which is coming up. Uh, the last time Cantor Benny Rugaznitsky was in our studio, uh, we got reaction to that conversation. That was that was uh, let's, let's think that was around Slichas time. We got a reaction to that conversation through Sukkis, literally, uh, through many weeks. I hope you heard from some people that they were fascinated by our uh, exchange here in the studio uh, at that time. And good morning to you, Cantor Benny. Good morning to you, Nachum. Good morning to all the listeners. I heard from uh, a lot of passionate people out there (laughs) with a lot of opinions. (laughs) Oh, yes. And I learned from them. I'm going to be very careful what I say. (laughs) No, are you kidding? I need you to to be controversial (laughs) with me. But it was, it actually was, I got a tremendous amount of feedback from it. You know what's Mm -hmm. funny? In that conversation, and obviously we'll talk about the event in a second. In that conversation, oh, and you can watch all this, by the way. Kenter Benny's with us on Facebook Live. You can watch it right now, facebook.com slash. Nahum Siegel Network comments there. You can comment on the app. Um, what's funny is I said during that uh, conversation that I understood if one would want to make a rule or if one has a rule that there's no repetition in Hallel. Remember I said that because, of, because I said it because – and then I go through all of Yontif, and on Sukkis, of course, we're saying Hallel a million times. Right. And I'm saying, you know, according to my logic – there still should be, you should still be allowed to repeat words in halal, even with the brachas on both sides, according to my logic of of what one is doing when they are praying, what one is doing when they are representing the people. So I don't even know if what I said is such a clear cut issue. I think the whole issue has to be revisited, Cantor <laughs> Benny. I think we need to do another session at some point. So we should are get you, a lot more you, emails. Are you available <laughs> next Elul by any chance? Let me check my calendar. <laughs> or are you going to be avoiding me toward the end of the summer next year? <laughs> but I'll tell you, the best part of but it that is wasn't that the only thing people commented about, was it? No, no, no. There were no, other, no. We had great well. conversations. Yeah. But the concept of repeating a davening is, is something that people are very passionate about. Right. On the one side, the chazanis lovers and those who want to stay in shul all day right. who love the idea of repeating. And on right. the other side, those who follow the halacha very stringently and say, no, you say the word once and you move on. So um, I, I Again, we're in such a certain frame of mind in our community that it's hard to, for some people to even discuss it or understand it. I'm not even sure where that came from, that it's one and done. That once you right. have said a word, not even sure how that developed. But again... We have something to look forward to during the month of Elul uh, coming up in a few months. I hold in my hand the information, everybody. It comes from one of our reputable news sources that Cantor Benny has a very busy night on December the 7th. That's when he has invited Chief Cantor Yitzchak Mayer Helfgott and Avram Fried to perform in harmony at Parky Synagogue in the 15th annual benefit concert. Happening at 8 p.m. that night, Saturday night, December the 7th, in the shul itself at 163 East. 67th Street. There will be a sponsor, a reception. A maestro Russell Gare will conduct the Parky Synagogue Choir, which is at this point a legendary choir. Yes. I asked you this a rush on the time about how many members generally? It, it, it varies from 12 to 8. And but that this night, will be a full capacity. So 12, 12, yeah. 12 members. Daniel Gildar, you claim, and I think you're right, there's no one better when it comes to accompanying great Hazanim. He'll be yes, a company. He's a legend in that uh, in that area. And you are including again, which I always admire. You know, you, you, you put together some of the biggest names in the most amazing environment with the most prominent rabbi and, and staff. Right. 
and you include the children of the Ray Arthur Schneier Park East Day School. You and and I'm sure it is. I am sure that the other choir right. has a much more regimented practice <laughs> session than this one. <laughs> That's and, exactly true. By and, the way. and yet, and yet, you make sure to include them, the little kids, so to speak, in this program, which right. I think is pretty cool. I think, look, that's the rabbi's vision. You want to always include. You know, people look at chazonis as something that was popular of yesteryear. But now, you, there's a younger generation, and right. they don't necessarily connect to chazonis. So having the kids there, singing popular music, hopefully welcoming Avram Fried and Chazan Helfgad, it's a very, very exciting night, and the kids are very important to us. Right. Very cool. So they'll be part of it, and everyone can enjoy that. Generally, this sells out pretty quickly. There will not be tickets available the night of December 7th, right? It, it, so That's here's a safe the assumption. It's a safe assumption. It generally sells out quickly, but I will say this. It has never in 15 years been as as popular as it is this year. And you can go online. You can, you can actually see the seating map. People are buying tickets like this is the last show on earth. Can't there be any surmises that what? What do you think? Well, I think that our own chazen, <laughs> but, but bringing Avram Fried, which is historic for Parky Synagogue, right. to move away a little bit from the world of strict chazonis and open up the world to more classical music, I think it's a very, very dynamo combination. Very interesting. All right. Uh, speaking of Avram Fried, I'm told that he is waiting for us live via telephone, so we're going to go to him in a minute to talk about uh, what's going to be happening on December 7th. I remind everybody in the audience that you have an opportunity to get those tickets by going to the website, parkysynagogue.org. As Cantor Benny just mentioned, you literally can choose your seat, right? It's not just seeing the seating chart. You can actually choose your seat as you buy Correct. them. And you can also call the number the old-fashioned way at 212-737-6900. 212-737-6900 and get the info from a, a live person on the telephone and uh, order your tickets uh, that way. C- uh, Chief Cantor Helfgott will be there on the 7th of December and Avramel Avram Freed will be there on the 7th of December and he's with us here right now live via telephone. Avramel, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, Benny. It's been a long time. It has Very been way, way too long, Avramo. Way too long. Good morning. It could be way too. It could be two I, weeks. I would say way too long. <laughs> I agree. I agree. How are things about you? Everything is wonderful, Baruch Hashem. And here you oh, have yeah. here you have an opportunity, and what an opportunity it is to be in the same concert arena. In this case, Parky Synagogue with Chief Cantor. Yitzchak Helfgott. Now, I know you've done this before, right? There's There's been Helfgott-Fried activity before in the past, right? Yes, this is true. Yes, but never at Park East. And I'm, sure you're looking, <laughs> and I'm sure you're looking forward to this because I would bet, I would guess, and, and by the way, I'm working on the assumption that aside from them performing separately, they are going to be doing some numbers together. I'm working on that assumption. I, I would guess that no matter what adventures of Jewish music you've done with Chief Cantor Helfgott, there's plenty more to do. I would guess that you'll probably do something with him December 7th that you've never done before. Is that the, is that the uh, likelihood? Well, I want to make one thing very, very, very clear. I am coming to the concert to hear <laughs> one of my favorite Chazonim cantors, Jamea Helgut. Since I'm there, he said, sing a few songs already. So I said, okay, I'll do a few songs, okay. <laughs> so you went online and chose your own seats, huh, Rebel? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm sitting in the audience. <laughs> Well, exactly. Uh, well, uh, there, he, there, will, there will be some duets, of course, but yeah. Hashem, there'll be some duets. And uh, actually, Benny said it, it's historic. That's, that's a big word. Yeah, it is. It is a new, a new try. I mean, I am not a chazan. Let's let's be very clear here. And uh, to have the shidduch of me and Itzemayer at Park East, 
um, is indeed a very bold, bold and historic move, I would think. And uh, there'll be other songs than, other than Chazonis. My repertoire is right. not Chazonis. So right. it'll be an interesting mix how people react to it. Um, you've just mentioned something very important that uh, the, I don't know if Avramo meant this because he's too modest, but the addition of him to the program makes it historic in that, you know, you're expanding the typical, if there's such a thing, you know, health got or cantorial performance and bringing in Avram Freed. Is there a, I mean, Avram, you yourself just said it, that, you know, obviously he, meaning health got, is, is more well known for a certain genre of Jewish music. You, no doubt, uh, you know, if we pressed you and got you to be immodest, uh, would agree, would agree that uh, that you're uh, at the forefront of another genre, so to speak, of Jewish music. Do you do you wonder about the two coming together? Is there any is there any intimidation one to the other? Is there any clashing one to the other? Or this fits very well. No, I think this is a very very beautiful shidduch actually. And uh, but again, it's just the, it's the place. It's, it's Park East, I think, which is known for the Chazanisha concert. Yeah. Um, if it was, uh, you know, the Havdil Carnegie Hall or something, it wouldn't be uh, such a, an amazing, uh, an amazing chiddush. But I think here, for me to come in to uh, to the shul, which is well known for its for its great chazan and their chazanishe concerts, yeah. this, this I think this is a bold move on Benny's part to say, you know what, let's try a non-chazan um, and make a shidduch of with the world of Hasidic music and the world of chazanis. Abram. I think. Uh, yeah. It'll be an Avram yeah. Fried with his live via telephone, parkysynagogue.org for the uh, all the action December seventh. Is there? I mean, I was trying to go through this because people may not realize how often it's happened. Is there a spe- of all the Freed Healthcott moments? Is there a specific one that comes to mind? A specific selection or song that the two of you did together, or maybe two of a larger group that you did that you remember as being one of the best? Uh, well. Jamaria and I, we I think we started at Hask. Mm. I think I think it was Hask, but we did uh, we did um, we did a Yiddish song together. Uh, what was the name of the song? What's my mind right now? You yeah, remember maybe it was Mashiach Shaifu Shemashiach. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. it's um, How's his Yiddish half cuts? All right. <laughs> We've done some. Uh, I think we did So we've done some great songs, some songs together. But, uh, but it's this, a pleasure. And this time will be something we have not heard the two of you do. That'll, um, that'll there'll, there'll be some chiddush this time. Right. Yes, All right, uh, there it is. You heard, you heard it from Avram Fried himself. He's looking forward to the seventh of December with Chief Cantor Yitzchak Mayor Helfgott in harmony at Parky Synagogue. Call for information at 212-737-6900. Log on at parkysynagogue.org. Avrema, where are you back from? It's, it seems like you're always somewhere on this globe. Where, what's been the most recent place? I have no idea. <laughs> Check your passport. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Baruch Hashem. The people are keeping, Hashem is keeping me busy, coming and going. And uh, thank God. Did you, phone is still ringing. did you make it to the Shluchim conference, or you had to be away for some other uh, commitment? I was actually in town, and my son-in-law, who is now a Shliach in Atlanta, invited me to come, and I joined. Nice! I, 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 yes, yes, I enjoyed every minute, every single minute of that kinos. It's just so, I mean, Malcolm, that, that's a program for itself, obviously. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, it was just, uh, I mean, I, I watched a very big part of it, and... 
with all the wonderful moments, and there are a lot of wonderful moments, I thought Ambassador Friedman was incredible in his presentation that night. Yep, absolutely. I, actually, yes, indeed. How indeed. long has your son-in-law been in Atlanta? I think he's uh, coming up to a half a year now. Oh, Brand okay. New. I'm wondering if, I was wondering if we saw him down there in the early part of 2019, but obviously not. But we wish him good luck. It's an amazing community, and, among, and, and many people agree it's one of the fastest-growing Jewish communities in the country. So that's really cool that he – it's cool that he got that assignment, uh, uh, Avrabel. Yes. Af, after, <laughs> all, after all, last, last hour I spoke to Rabbi Duboff from Sparta, New Jersey. <laughs> so uh. you, know, you, you never know where you're going to end up. Atlanta's not a bad choice. <laughs> this is true. This, actually, we went to visit them, and they actually they're in charge of the friendship circle there now. Nice. And so they're just getting started, and uh, we are quite uh, very, very proud. What can I tell you? Baruch Hashem. Very proud. All right, we're proud and happy to have your seats for December 7th and that you're ready to perform. Uh, Cantor, Benny, and I thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks for checking in, and good luck at this uh, beautiful concert at Parkey Synagogue. Amen. Aslacha to you and Besuda's Toivos. Amen. Thank you so much. You know what's funny? To an extent, I think it would be accurate to say, Avramel said Lahavdol Carnegie Hall. I don't think your rabbi would take an event to Carnegie Hall like this. No. no. It has to be in the shul. And a lot right. of people would say just the opposite. If we're doing a concert like this and obviously attracting the crowd from all everywhere, etc., you need Carnegie Hall after, right. or someplace you know, equivalent to that. Right. But no, there's no more prominent place to your rabbi than Parkies. Parkies, absolutely. And the reason, by the way, I think why it's historic is because this speaks to a trend. As we know when we've spoken about, the chazonis of yesteryear is not as popular as it was. Right. And what Avremel does by joining this concert is it says to people, we get it. You can't only be singing chazonis. Let's bring in something new. And the two of them together, I think that's that's really what makes it special. And we're seeing people that would never otherwise come to a cantorial concert. That's right. But now says, okay, we'll take it in small doses. <laughs> as long as you toss free to there once Correct. in a while. <laughs> and we're going to, by the way. He may think he's a guest, <laughs> but he's going to be a guest that's going to be on stage a lot. Let me look at my handy-dandy calendar, Cantor Benny. And I notice that that Shabbos is Parshas Vayetze. It is not Shabbos Mavarachim. Not Shabbos Rosh Chodesh or anything like that. I guess what some would call a regular Shabbos. Does that mean, with that and the combination that he has a concert Saturday night, that Cantor Helfgott will not be at the Amud on Shabbos Parshas Vayetze? So that's a good question. Thank he, you very much. There, <laughs> that's a very good question. But but he is actually going to Davin Seriously? at Shabbos. Yes. Believe it or not, he did try and see whether he could switch with right. me, and I told him no. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, a lot of people also coming from out of town, so it will be an opportunity uh, for people to hear him. Point. And, and Avramel's going to be there for Shabbos, and who knows? That's who knows? Maybe we could convince him to come. Well, he didn't mention that. That's very cool. He's very humble. That's but maybe we'll cool. be able to take him from the front row onto the Ahmed, maybe to sing something with the Chazan. Very cool. And that means Chakras and Musa, right? For so I, I don't want to commit right oh, now, but might, definitely correct. We might, right, I might help out a little bit, but definitely And Musa. you know what's funny about this whole thing, and you and I, one of the other conversations we had back in Elul was about preparing for all this, you know, when, when anybody of any level, uh, you know, prepares to daven for the Ahmed. Um, it, it, and people may not understand this. It may help Cantor Helfgott to daven yes. for the Ahmed Shabbos morning and then perform on Matzi Shabbos. Absolutely. The warm-up for professionals right. is actually very good. You get in there, you see where your voice and is. And it's as loud as you want it to correct, be. It's correct. Not, not the same as sitting in your studio <laughs> or home and, and practicing or, you know. And, or singing or, in the shower. Right. It's That's not a, the same. Absolutely. In this case, I think it's actually an advantage for him to dominate right. Shabbos. And I, um, I, I've said this to you before. There are chazanim that I have heard 
where it's clear, and, and I, I hope, and I really don't mean this as a knock. I, I think it's just a reality where it's, if you analyze it closely, it's clear that the first half of their davening is, in addition to being great and beautiful, is somewhat of a warm-up to the second half. That they, yes. There's no, if you hear a regular chazan, the second half of their performance is almost always going to be better. 100%. It's a muscle. You have right. to work it. And chazanim that know what they're doing and have taken voice lessons and have a background in music, you can use the davening to your advantage by not going all out crazy at Shochinad, but leaving some good stuff for later in Musaf. And it actually happens. That's a good point. Uh, you know, that, that's, and that, by the way, that's part of being uh, a veteran. That's part yes. of understanding how it works. Pacing yourself properly. Exactly. Because by midnight that <laughs> night, he will have sung a lot of songs over Both. Shabbos. They will both they will have sung. Good point. They will both have sung a lot between Shabbos and Matzah Shabbos. Uh, that is for sure. Um, so so now, uh, the, 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 is the I'm completely confused here. Is the choir going to practice with Avramel as well? Are they... They're going to do work in advance with him yes, as well? they're going to do work is in advance. Is that hard compared to what health? I mean, health guy probably walks into the choir and without even communicating with them, communicates with them. Right. And, and, and with the maestro is completely in sync. Is it hard when a new person comes in to try to do that? So I, I don't usually see the choir nervous, but I can tell <gasps> you that the conductor has been in touch with me too many times the last few weeks to know that they're a little bit on edge. They know what a great performer right. Avram Fried is. It's a different style of music. And he's not used they to singing to, with them. Correct. They have to learn something new. But I really think that together they will do phenomenal. So he can't yeah. he can't be at Park East on Saturday night and sing Chazak. That would not work with a choir, correct? Um, or could it? Uh, I'm not sure about Chazak, but there's so much in it. You know, he says he's not a Chazak. Right. There's so much in his repertoire. Right, there's so many pieces. With the, with the, with the high notes, with right. the low notes. With Yes, it's true. Chazak may not be the right. first piece that I would sing, but there's so much out there, and they will be singing. Are there fast tunes of his that you can include? Yes. Yes, not necessarily, you know, the fastest. Right. It's more Chazanas in general, and this sort of concert is more of a slow-paced presentation, but... There's a lot of classical pieces that he could do. Even Chazen Helfgott, if you really analyze his lineup, does do some quote-unquote fast pieces. There, yes. are, there are times when the pace does pick up. Absolutely. There is a very famous Mishaberach Fatzahal that we do on, on yeah, the Yeah, you told Shabbos us about this in L. And, oh. and the choir, there's a very fast pace. It's, it's different than what you usually used to, which are the, which are the dirges of Chazonis. And yes, so I think the choir is actually very excited to do this. And by the way, I don't usually see Hazen Helf got nervous. He usually gets up. He sings in front of thousands of yeah, people. Yeah, come on. But this concert, I wouldn't say he's nervous, but understand that this is new for him as well. Plus a new audience. A new There'll audience in his own shul. Right. Right? They're coming to his home. And he also is going to be, he'll sing some traditional chazonis, but he's also going to sing some songs that are appropriate for the night with Avram Fried. I think this is a very, very intriguing new event, which is why I think we are filling up so fast. Right. All right, Kenter Benny's here. Kenter Benny Rogoznitsky, facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. You can comment on the app. Go to the NSN Nachum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Um, Someone's talking about the sleepless conversation that we had. That's pretty funny. And, of course, information about the concert is happening on December 7th at Parky Synagogue, 212-737-6900 and parkysynagogue.org, parkysynagogue.org. Does the time of year matter? Are there going to be Hanukkah selections in, or that doesn't work in two weeks before Hanukkah? Um, no, it does. Once you're already really? past Shabbos Mavarchim, then, and, and they'll then be it have, starts? Uh, then it starts. There has to be something. Who, Not ben, a, who benched Rosh Chodesh is past Shabbos? Chazna Helfgat. What did he use? Did he use any? Because I, you know, Cantor Betty, let me tell you, 
There were two people that I know of in Manhattan last Shabbos who benched Rosh Chodesh. There was Cantor Helfgott. And Cantor Siegel. And there, and there was Nahum Siegel. Now, for Yichad I didn't do this for Misha Asa. Okay. Misha Asa, I did one of my traditional Misha Asas, And then Hondo, you know Hondo. Sure. Hondo tells me he did Misha Asa to, um, to, was it I Had a Little Dreidel? I think it was I Had a Little Dreidel. I said, okay. why didn't I think of that? If, I think it was that song. If not... If not, then uh, then maybe it was yeah, it must have been. I can't think of any other song. But for Yechad Sheyu, I used Mo's tour. Right. Yechad Sheyu. Right. What did Kent did Kent or Helfgott, did he did he one up Nachum Siegel or did he fall prey to the old Let's go with the traditional Birchas and not use a Hanukkah tune? So believe it or not, I don't know the answer because I wasn't there. However, however, let me just say. I would bet that he did that Ichacheu because the, 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 the most tour. I would if I was a betting man Look and I'm, I'm going to call him Look I'm, I'm going to call him and find Get out, out on the phone right now. <laughs> Look how I'm smiling I was Muhammad to the greatest cantor in the world <laughs> The two Hazan one on the lower east side one on the upper east side unite in harmony <laughs> But it's very me, appropriate Me with 10 people him with 10,000 people <laughs> It all works. It's all about the music, not the numbers. But so it, you would bet he did. Yes. And Misha yes. Asa, you would bet. Misha Asa, I think he would have gone traditional. And is Misha Asa always the same for him? Is it always the same? Too? There are one or two pieces. There's a piece from Himmelstein. There's cantorial pieces. Oh, there's a that, real Misha Asa yes, out there. Yes, and it's a formal piece. And actually, is there a real Yechacheo when it's not Yontif? Um, there is one or two Yechacheos. I find him more to sing the popular songs, right. either from Breslov, sometimes some of them Fried. Will he do uh, Shvat uh, to you know Hashkedi Aparachat? I, th- I like, think I'm davening a Shvat. So do you use that <laughs> yes, one? Yes, yeah, I would definitely Because I do. use that one. I love the idea of themes, especially right, in a show course. like ours, where a lot of the members right. don't necessarily connect with the words, right. but everybody knows the, the song sure. from Oz Sur, right? And sure. it's meaningful to them to hear, okay, I know uh, Hanukkah's coming in a few weeks, and start, you got to start uh, making the latkes right. and buying the presents. <laughs> right. Boy, I'll tell you. Uh, so one second, so what did we talk about? So you're right, so you, okay, you had Sheo, Misha, Asa, and, and uh, the first part of Bir Chodesh. Uh, which again, when I bench Rosh Chodesh, the same thing every time. I mean, I've seen people use popular tunes for it, which right. I don't know. That you, know, yeah, you that, and I that, have discussed where popular tunes belong, where they don't. Correct. And Kedusha is the big question mark. But right. I don't know. On the Hirat zone, I like the traditional, what sounds like a chant yes. of the Hirat zone for Birch Chodesh. Is, is there a specific Hirat zone from a specific cantor? that you and other cantors would use? So I like to use the Rosenblatt, Yerotz and Yosler Rosenblatt, Rosenblatt B, yes, and it's a, I, it's a classic, you, absolutely. But he likes to use, Yerotz it's Yerotz? called Yerotz, Mavarcha Machodesh, wow. but there was a famous Gera Balmanagim called Yankele Talmud, and he uses yeah, his, it's a, it's a, um, it's a, a mini cantorial Wouldn't sort of Wouldn't that piece. be called like a popular and tune? It, it has in it some popular motifs, but it's a it's a set recitative, and he definitely uses that most Shabbosim, and if not, he does Kosovitsky or one of the other famous Chazanah. So Kosovitsky had his own Oh, yeah. There's, in, in the business, we say there's a lot of blood and soul in it. And, you know, it's a real piece. So we would never do Yiratzon, for example, to a tune. However, Misha Sanisim and Yichad would definitely appropriate. All right, understood. That. I got it. Um, boy, when, when he and you and other cantors get up to start Musaf and you start with Yikum Perkon, is, is the either Misha Berach or Vachom Misha Oskim always the same, or can that also be different depending on the Shabbos? No, it can also be different. Uh, there are different cantorial pieces for the Mishaberach. Does it always start um, with uh, with uh, Mishaberach? Yes. 
Yes. There's no. It's not like us. We start with Chobi Shabbos. No, 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 no. Even all, on a fast Shabbos, it always starts with Shabbos. Correct. Also, because keep in mind, you've had a long time that people haven't heard the Chazan. No matter how fast the guy lanes, it's usually right. fifteen to an Ashul. It's usually mostly an hour between the rabbi. He says, says something, and there's right. a simcha. So the Chazan's first piece to actually do something is in the Mishaberach. But at the end of the Mishaberach, we always put in some sort of tune. Sometimes it could be... So what words? Um, Where? Where? At what point? I'm trying to think of the words. Vishlach brocha v'atzlach. Yeah. So we could do it to Alko Eile. That's not against cantorial rules, huh? It's just, as long as you sneak it in towards the end. <laughs> right. But the idea, some melody that, you know, Karl Bach has, Yossi, uh, right. Green has, just something that Because I've heard people do the whole year out so to A.B. Rottenberg's Achenu. Right. Which is nice, but yes. again, you know, I have a preference. Right. And Mishabech also, it's an emotional prayer, right? right? You're davening for people to be well. You're davening, right. in many cases, for those who are the leaders of the community. And by the way, you know, every time I interrupt you, it's because I'm so enthusiastic about this conversation. <laughs> Take it as a compliment. Absolutely. I think you know that at this point. But by the way, the Hirutzon reminds me of the conversation you and I had a few months ago about the, uh, I hope I get this right, the Rebona Shalom said when the Aaron Kodesh is open, yes. which you've described as being. One of the to absolute everybody, highlights. To the crowd and yes. to the chaz. It's not just a highlight, but it's so powerful in terms of the words and the message. Right. Very, if people do pay careful attention to the Yeratzon in Birch Zachodesh, it's, it's it should be the same type of seriousness, the yes. same type of motif. I mean, look, you're dominating about the very bare minimum. Right. Chaim Shoshon, right. Chaim Shorpanosah, the things that every single person in the shul needs, right? There's nobody right. sitting there saying, no, no, God, don't give me Parnosah, right. don't give me Refuah. <laughs> so it's a very powerful prayer, and that should be put over either as a baltfil or a chazm with a lot of feeling and emotion. How does he decide, or you or whoever, what to do Saturday night? In other words, if we agree there'll be some Hanukkah, and we agree he has stuff with Avram Fried that's, you know, amazing, and we know it will be, what pieces does he decide to do? It's not Slichas night. What pieces right. would there be? There wouldn't be a Birch Sachodish piece, would there? No. What no. pieces will there be then? So, so it's a good question. There are some classical pieces, like Shema Yisrael from Kedusha. So there's, there's cantorial music to that. There's a piece like Ritzay that we all sing, which actually uh, I can share with you. Ritzay meaning Ritzay, from Benching? Uh, Ritzay from... Uh, oh, from, from Shimon Esri. From Shimon Esri that uh, Yossi Green wrote. There's pieces that are classical pieces that a chazan would sing, not necessarily Anenu because he's covered that in right. Slichos, but there are other. There's Ezra Avoseinu. There's um, Yiru Anenu. There's a lot, a lot of repertoire. He wouldn't do Hashkivenu, would he? Not necessarily. Even though that more, is a cantorial piece. It's a piece. cantorial piece, but less appropriate for a concert. Right. Concerts are more about classics. He could do Tia Rabbi no, Shmo, you know. He could? Yeah, he, I'm not saying he would, but he could. But that, and not Hashkivenu? And Hashkivenu is more, it, it's, it more fits in in Davni. What Tiher would the crowd in Kislev say if he got up there and did, and did Tihar, I wonder? Which I remind the audience is from the liturgy of Yom Kippur. Of Yom Kippur. I think the crowd that loves Chazanis would... Uh, you, really? you know, would love it. You know, Avramel has a tear. Absolutely. That, which is why I say, by the way, Avramel says, oh, I'm not a chaz. Right. I'm not a, he has tremendous ability. Right. And, and people are looking forward to hearing it. But yes, you have to choose classical pieces that people can relate to. That people wait for certain pieces. Not necessarily like Slichos, where you have to do right. Shmakoleinu and Anani. But and, and the chaz gets into trouble if he decides not absolutely, to do it. Absolutely. No, and he didn't <laughs> cut it, by the way. He, got, he, he did it, right? He did it. <laughs> Cantor Benny actually posted on Facebook the struggle he was having with Cantor Helfgott, who wanted to possibly eliminate one of the classic pieces 
And I think you basically said to him, if you do that, you're going against the number one rule, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and it ended up that and he, he did, did it, it, and he did it beautifully. <laughs> and it, it was great. Uh, Unbelievable, I'll tell you. Uh, Cantor, Yitzchak, Mayor, Helfgott, and Avram Fried are together at Parky Synagogue on Saturday night, December this. Oh, my gosh, how the time flies when you are here. Saturday night, December the 7th at Park East on East 67th Street in New York City. There will be a VIP reception for sponsors and patrons. Uh, Maestro Russell Gare will lead the Parky Synagogue Choir, 12 members, as Cantor Benny told us. Daniel Gildar will be on the piano. The Rabbi Arthur Schneier Parky Day School children will perform that night, which is really cool, as we mentioned earlier. And all of this uh, by getting information at 212-737-6900, 212-737-6900, or parkysynagogue.org, parkysynagogue.org uh, for more information. And... Um, and there you have it. And we know that he'll be uh, davening something for the Ahmed that Shabbos. Correct. And did you have a role at all? You're going to just sit and My role relax? is just to make sure that everything goes You're well. And Avramel leaves his seat in the audience <laughs> and actually comes up to the top. You know, there's a lot of logistics and also there's last minute. Sometimes a chazan changes last minute or no, so no, It does happen. No. It does no, happen. Don't there's, tell me that. There's always a backup Does line. the choir always. know that? So the choir always prepares. We prepare two repertoires. There's always... A and B. You have to have a backup. Sometimes he doesn't feel well. Sometimes and therefore he would not do a tune correct. That, might... That, that, that might require extra exertion or hitting extremely high notes, which is where uh, certainly Hasan uh, Elfgott walks in the park, as does Avram Fried. But there's always a backup. Sometimes it's just not appropriate. Sometimes we had one year where the kids choir didn't tell us what they were singing, and they turned out they came out and sang the same words to a different tune that Hasan <laughs> was going to sing, and that was next. Can't sing the same words. So on the spot, we had a change. We went that, over to Canta Gildar. That's a cool just, uh, problem. That's yes. a good one. I like that's, that That's one. what I'm dealing with. You know, How do you handle it? Did everything go well? Is the time, is timing working out? Um, but it, in most cases, it runs very smoothly. So essentially, you have two responsibilities. To take care of the program and make sure Charlie Bernhardt has a good seat. Those are basically your two <laughs> responsibilities. That's exactly right. <laughs> and, in that and, order. And Shabbos, Shabbos Davening is still ending at 12 noon. Yes. And it's still followed by a kiddish. Absolutely. And it's still attracting people from everywhere. You're, from sho- you're shocked who you meet on Shabbos. Yes. Yeah. But I but I have to tell you, I'm shocked who I see is coming to this concert. I'm telling you, Nachum, people that, for Chazna Elfgott, even though they love him, they wouldn't necessarily give three hours on a Saturday night to hear cantorial music. But but I think Avremel adds this excitement, something different. And they have such great voices, and they sing beautifully together. It's just wonderful to see them. Unbelievable. It's going to be amazing. All right, uh, you mentioned a second ago about how high these performers can go with their notes. What yes. is what is the one piece that you heard Chazen Helfgott do where you said to yourself, that might be the absolute highest or longest note that I have ever heard him do? What, what you know, stuck in your memory? So the, the very basic answer is Anenu because it's a very difficult piece to sing and you have a lot of high Cs. Really? But, but Anyam Kipper... He sang um, in the Ela, which is incredible. You know what happens in the Ela. Wow. By Neila, we're, we're on fumes. There's no chazan that's absolutely got his full range. You're just physically tired, and you haven't had water, and you just you and the audience are racing who wants it to end right. first. <laughs> and he sang from Malavsky, Shomea Kol Bichios. And when he got to the high part, you know, you could hit it once. He came back again and again and again with perfection, hitting the note. High C, B flats. It was just... It's like you say to yourself, whether you love Chazanus or not, this is just incredible. How do you do it? To be able to hit the same notes on Kol Nidre as you do it in the end of Ne'ilah, 
I told him afterwards. I said, I'm not sure. We should make a bracha on you. I'm not sure which bracha, but it's incredible. Is the shul packed for Neil? You can't move. Uh, are, you people, can't move. are people, while they're appreciating him, are they in fact anxious to, to hit the right time limit? Yes. Yeah, so, so, so look, he has a very good track record that no matter what he does during the Elah, it ends on time. I mean, that is a God unspoken rule, yeah. but and no matter what. Understood. Correct. Absolutely. And the rabbis obviously yeah. takes care of that. And the Chazan keeps an eye on the clock. And what's wonderful to see is he could sing this piece, Shemar Kovichus, schlep it out for seven minutes. Right. And then he starts to go in Atta, in right. Atta Niglesa, but right. all the tefillas that come after, and it's speeding. He's reading the words at the just at an amazing speed. That's the speed. way to do it. Amazing, Correct. Imagine, and then you bring it up to a uh, right. Imagine how inspiring that Shemuel Kobiachus. Yes, it, it must make people's kneel. Pete, and, and, and you know what? Nahum, a lot to of, end Yom Kippur like that. A lot of people don't understand necessarily in a show like ours what he's saying. Right. But there's so much emotion in right. it that you understand. Wow, I am speaking to God Correct. on everyone's behalf, and, right. it, and, and it, it and it sounds like exactly. It. What's the Shema Yisrael Baruch Shem Kvod? Is that? Anything special? By, by that time, usually it's, it's, it's over. It's, it's, this is it. Why keep Just an eye on the clock, Shmaisro? Well, or else you'll be saying a different right. kind of Shmaisro. <laughs> so do it properly. Yes, and do just it say with it. emotion. But yes. let's just do it, and and that's the end of Davin. I would say his highlight usually is he sings the Kaddish, the Rosenblatt famous Kaddish right. at the end, and he hits after, the note after, right after, after Neila, after Shemulakim. The the uh, and, he no, and he hits the uh, either the B flat or the C right at the Imru Amin. And people are like, I mean, people applaud because it's just, you can't, you're thinking, okay, I got to rush to eat, but this is just unbelievable. So listen, we both know he's he's a phenomenal talent. Unbelievable. All right, Cantor Benny, you're the best. Love having you here. Thank you. As you hear, I'm hesitating to let you go. There's so much more I'm sure I'm going to think of in a second, but all right, we'll have more sessions. Well, I'm sure we'll have more to discuss. Parky Synagogue's 15th Annual Benefit Concert is happening Saturday night, December 7th. Health got and freed. Need you, need you know anything else? Health got and freed. Join them in an incredible lineup with the great choir, the wonderful accompanist, accompanist the uh, Rabbi Arthur Schneier Parky's Day School children. It's all happening on the night of December 7th. And as usual, Cantor Benny is guaranteeing a great musical night. You're really going out on a limb with these guys. Absolutely. And I'm not losing sleep over it. <laughs> Phone number for information is 212-737-6900. And you can go to the web and choose your tickets at parkysynagogue.org. One more thing. It is a Matzah Shabbos. Does Chazen Helfgott wear his Matzah Shabbos garb to this concert? He absolutely does. And that means identical to Shabbos or, or a little bit different? Uh, no, identical to, identical Shabbos. to Shabbos. I mean, he may, he doesn't wear the spadak on stage, but other than right. that, he's uh, he's in full Shabbos regalia. Because I saw him, I don't remember when it was, at a Saturday night event sometime in the last year or two. I don't remember when it was. Um, and sure enough, I mean, yes. he, it's late Saturday night. He's dressed as if it's you know Shabbos Kodesh, which right. is the Hasidic tradition. And there you have it. Uh, Kendra Benny, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and we look forward to seeing the audience at the concert. It's going to be amazing, that's for sure. Cantor Benny Rock. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You are going to help me choose. I said to myself, I'm going to ask you to choose. He has the amazing Health Got Perlman album called right. Eternal Echoes. How, we already did Yismuchu. How do we wrap it up? We should do Britse. Should we do Mizmola David? I think Mizmola David, because we'll it's a tribute to Schenker, too. It was his song, you know, so it brings everything together. It's such a beautiful melody. It's amazing he doesn't hesitate to sing anyone's selection. Yes. Yeah, that's very special. As long the as they're good, emotional, you know, right. hearts in Nigunim, you know. And by the way, to add to that, what makes it special that Avram is coming is that some of the songs that Avram Free, that uh, Chazan Elfgad is singing 
are Avremel songs. Right. That will be, it's not Chazak, so I'm telling you it's not that, but there's other songs. So it's very special to bring the star himself to actually witness as Chazan Helfgott sings his songs. Avremel has some great Yiddish songs. Yes. It's possible he made, they both know Yiddish very well. Very right? well, yes. So it's very possible they'll do some of that. Yes. Who well, knows? Without giving out any more information. Only Cantor only Benny has the secrets locked, <laughs> locked in a sealed envelope somewhere. <laughs> And as we learned today, could change at any minute. Correct. <laughs> can you can you check with the with the kids' choir and see what they're saying? That's seeing? my next phone call. <laughs> it shocked your memory, huh? <laughs> I love it. All right, thank you, Cantor Benny Rukasnitsky. It is, in fact, the Ms. Marla Dovid done by uh, uh, the great uh, uh, virtuoso Itzhak Perlman and the great Cantor Yitzhak Mayer Helfgott here at JM in the AM. Shine it all.
J.M. and the A.M., there it is, the uh, selection from uh, Itzhak Perlman and Cantor Itzhak Meyer Helfgott. That's Ms. Marla David as uh, Cantor Benny introduced it to us here at J.M. and the A.M. I want to thank him very much for coming in. We always have an amazing time when he's here in studio. If you missed any of the conversation, guess what? Baruch Hashem, there is a uh, an archive. Uh, go to NachumSiegel.com, go to our uh, app. There is an archive of uh, today's conversation, plus... Uh, we can recommend the Facebook video, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. You can go to uh, Facebook and watch the entire interview as it happened, and I certainly hope you will because it was a lot of fun, and Avram Fried tossing in some comments live via telephone was very cool as well. want to thank those who are donating to fjbunity.org. As you know, our day of giving is this coming Tuesday, uh, Giving Tuesday, if you're anywhere near the five towns, stop by Gotta Get a Bagel this coming Tuesday between 6 a.m. and noon. It's essentially, we're calling it JM and the AM plus more. It's essentially a six-hour JM and the AM as we extend through the entire morning on Giving Tuesday and hopefully um, uh, get a great response to our plea to uh, support the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting and JM in the AM. So that's happening this coming Tuesday on Giving Tuesday. And again, I hope anybody who's in the uh, Woodmere area will stop by. it got to get a bagel between 6 a.m. and 12 noon. want to thank um, uh, Schleimy E., who has donated four times high in honor of all the great work Nahum and the team does on a daily basis on behalf of the Jewish people. I thank you very much for that. And I also want to thank all the way from, uh, all the way from Oak Park, Michigan, listener David, uh, who has contributed in honor of grandson Yaakov Weintraub's recent bar mitzvah in Ramat Bey Chemish to David and Sarah in Oak Park, Michigan. We say thank you from all of us here at JM and the AM. I remind you, you can go to fjbunity.org, sponsor part or all of a uh, JM and the AM, and certainly give whatever you wish to keep us going during our 2019 end-of-year campaign. Go to uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and we thank you. Our friends at Artscroll. Remind you that the brand new Kids Cooking with Chef Shiri is available. Kids Cooking with Chef Shiri is available now. If you use the promo code RADIO, you get 15% off and free shipping here in the U.S. Again, 
It's Kids Cooking with Chef Shiri, an amazing Hanukkah present. And if you use the promo code RADIO, 15% off plus free shipping. Coming up on Bite Size, which follows JM and the AM, Joanna Shepson of Fun in Jerusalem interviews Oren Hasson, CEO of the Lone Soldier Center named after Michael Levin. Yoni Pollock hosts Bite Size coming up between 9 and 11 Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. After that, it's live lunch with Avrami. Tomorrow's schedule is set. We will start the Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek at 3 p.m. Eastern time. We're moving it up four hours for you to enjoy during your Thanksgiving uh, dinner and during your family gathering. So the Erev Shabbos show is now on at 3 p.m. tomorrow, um, Thursday, here at the Nahum Siegel Network, all the way until 7 o'clock. And then, of course, will be repeated through the night and day. So check it out. It's brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It is uh, it is hosted by Mark Zamek. It's called the um, the Arab Shabbos Show, and you get to uh, listen to it uh, tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Congratulations to the Yeshiva University men's basketball team. They defeated the college at Old Westbury last night. They are now 6-1, and one, and we say Mazal Tov to Coach Steinmetz and everybody at the uh, – Yeshiva University men's basketball team, the Max, on that great achievement. And um, we wish them luck as they continue on their schedule. Their next game is going to be happening uh, December 3rd. Their next home game is going to be happening on December the 17th. Mark your calendars and join us for all the action. It's a lot of fun, and it's great family entertainment. You'll be glad that you uh, spent some time with your family visiting the max tomorrow is uh, thanksgiving the day after is of course thanksgiving friday we are here both days with jm and the am we might even have a weekly update on friday we'll let you know as soon as we know uh, but we are here with a full schedule uh, tomorrow morning and then of course into our music stream and then uh, three o'clock uh after um, throwback thursday three o'clock eastern time for the arab shabbat show with mark zomik brought to by, brought to you by the wonderful people at kedem that's all happening tomorrow. It might be Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving weekend, but we got plenty of listeners around the world and in the United States who want to hear great programming, and we will provide it with a full JM and the AM broadcast kicking off both days here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Achenu Yisrael and Achenu Mechem, brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Round the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com on the Nahum Siegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. And that'll do it for a Wednesday morning. Yoni Pollock in Bite Size is next. Joanna Shepson speaks to the CEO of the Lone Soldier Center, named after Michael Levin. That happens uh, during Bite Size. Live lunch with Avrami all the way from Israel. And I'm told Avrami now has his Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah, 6,000 miles away. And they're going to be celebrating uh, Thanksgiving tomorrow with turkey and everything. I'm sure he'll discuss it starting with the live lunch at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Have a uh, fabulous Wednesday and a happy Rosh Chodesh, which begins tonight. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.